This is the Deconstruction Zone, where we help those of you who come from a non-affirming Christian past with all the shame and guilt and wounds and trauma that go with that to deconstruct those false religious beliefs, those lies about you, those you love, about God, about life, and reconstruct a spirituality that fits for you, whatever that looks like, that affirms you as you are for who you are with a message that you are beloved. But sometimes we get asked, well, why can't the church just be fixed? That's a question based in sorrow for what's been lost, maybe a sorrow for the dream and hope that was never realized, and maybe a fear that this loss is real and it's not coming back. But beloved, let's talk about the deep issues today and why the church is broken and can't fix itself. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday so I call you up and you call me down, would it be okay? Hello, and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. This is Susan Cottrell, and I'm here, as always, with... Robert Cottrell. Yay! Hey, weren't expecting that, were (laughs) you? Just seeing if you're still listening out there. (laughs) Hello? Hello? Uh Hello, are you there? Hello? Uh, Again, welcome. Thanks so much for connecting. We're just having a little fun. Um, In fact... (laughs) That's our idea of fun. (laughs) After the pandemic, that's our idea of fun. That's it. That's it. It's all all we got right there. So (laughs) Please do connect with us uh, at freedhearts.org. That is the center of our universe. Everything we have to offer for you is right there. So please do connect with us. This... The Freed Hearts Podcast is the deconstruction zone. Zone, zone. zone. Hey. Uh, <laughs> wow. You start out with my line, and now you're taking my jokes. Taking so. over the world. <laughs> hey. the world would, Line by line. The world would be in perfect hands if you could rule the world. <laughs> well, thank you. We help. We help. Uh, that means we help those of you who come from a... We always have the same list, and but you can't hear it enough. There's not affirming rules-based, behavior-focused, box church... Christian past with all them with all the shame and guilt and wounds and trauma that go with that. And we help you deconstruct those false religious beliefs, those lies about you, about those you love, about God, about life, and to reconstruct a spirituality that fits for you, whatever that looks like, beloved. A spirituality that affirms you as you are for who you are with a core message that you are beloved, period. Well, sometimes in this process of deconstruction, we're asked, well, why can't we just fix the church? And that's a question kind of based in sorrow, I think, for what maybe has been lost. Yeah. Maybe sorrow for uh, a dream and hope. A hope that was never really realized. Yeah, right. And maybe a fear that this loss is real and it's not coming back and it's, yeah. it's going to be a big adjustment. But beloved, hear me now. The church is broken and can't fix itself. And I have to say, some people's sorrow is other people's joy. What do you mean by that? If things change, if the church can't recover and needs to come in a whole different form, you know, that is more real to people. Yeah. I think that sorrow passes as you continue down deconstruction. I think there's that. Yes. Because you realize this is the way it should be. This needs to happen. So, and today was inspired by a wonderful author and podcast host, Carl Forehand, um, who had you on as a guest. Yes, yes. It was very nice. I enjoyed being on that program. Yeah, so, hello, Carl. We know you listen. Thank you. We love what you do. And thanks for all you do to encourage us as well. Yeah. So, so we're talking about Western Christianity, in particular, the non-affirming rules-based church, behavior-focused Christian church. 
And, you know, we used to think this was about legalists or fundamentalists. Yeah, that was the buzzword back in the evangelical days. And like, oh, we're not legalists. Right. We're not fundamentalists. Right. But it's really worked its way into what is now mainstream evangelical Christianity. Yeah, you know, the system is absolutely broken to the core, and we believe beyond repair. And you see that very clearly in these key areas, among others. And so, we'll talk about a few key areas today. First, Christian nationalism. Mm. This is involvement in politics, patriotism, exceptionalism of the U.S., belief that we should be a Christian nation. This is nationalism, and Jesus never, ever promoted empire. Right. He did not think that we change things through rulers or structures. He changed things through people's hearts. Yes. And next here is no healing for trauma. Yeah. So many people come to the church when they're seeking answers, when they're hurt, and the church promises to help, but it really doesn't help. It it doesn't have the time. It doesn't have the focus, and they're not equipped. And, you know, with the conditional love and focus on behavior, as well as ingrained patriarchy and misogyny, the church often adds to the trauma. It, does, it not only doesn't help it, it adds to it. And we know many of you listening out there are here to, uh, to get past that, to get through that. You know to exactly heal what we're talking this. about. Yeah, you know exactly what right. we're talking about. So. Yeah. So, another key area is what the church offers can be obtained elsewhere. Friends community, teaching, music, often friends and community that are not steeped in judgment and us versus them. They're more accepting, more genuine. Yeah. And with the increase in online resources and community, maybe even highlighted or enhanced wonderfully so during COVID, we've learned that we can have vibrant, deep conversations away from Sunday morning. That's a big change for That's most people. That's a big people. change. Yeah, go ahead. When you said wonderfully so in COVID, we're not saying COVID was wonderful, but we're uh, of the course, good yeah. parts. Some of the good things that happened is it made us pause and stop and think, okay, what's what, important? And what what's available? is important? Yeah. And what do I go to church for? Is it for community? I think we ever went for community. And that's really what drove us mm-hmm. and kept us there for so long. And, uh, you know, we didn't realize really it was conditional community. <laughs> that's you know, right. We, in music, people. Yeah are used yeah. to the music and enjoy the music, but yeah. play a CD, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, it's not the same. But, I know. But, yeah, but there, but there are online resources for all of that. And I right. think discovering that, again, but by design, the church teaches, and this is why it can't fix itself, because by design, the church is reliant upon you coming in Sunday morning. Why primarily? Because that's when they can usually get your gift. Right. And they can keep you in that box if they can, if, well, they can, that's how they can keep you in the box is have everything uh, turn, revolve around that Sunday morning visit. Mm-hmm. So to ask the church to fix itself when it's so reliant, we'll talk about this in a minute, but is a, is a, is a tough thing to do here. So next here on this key area is truly harmful and toxic beliefs. That's one of the key areas yeah. why the church can't fix itself is it has truly harmful and toxic beliefs. Yeah, at the very core. These are core teachings, and they're false, and they're often deadly. And, you know, that we are broken and bad, that God punishes us, that there is a hell, that we have to be fixed before we're even remotely acceptable. 
even that God can't see us except through the eyes of Jesus. That's how messed up we are, that women are, are less than and need to submit, and racism, and politics, yeah, we can, elitist politics. We have talked and will talk and could talk uh, about a lot of the stuff in more detail. But yeah, some of those beliefs about you, about your loved ones, about, about punishment, about everything is just, they're, they're harmful and they're toxic, but you need to know, beloved, they're false. Yep. But that's at the core of this church that needs to fix itself, but it can't. Now, there's another reason, a key reason, that it can't fix itself. And I just teased you with this just a, a few minutes ago, is that it's a business. Church yeah. is a business. Its primary goal is to preserve the organization. Right. Now, that's true. To be honest, that's true of some affirming churches, too. This is not just a non-affirming church. It is a business. And there's, in fact, there are some, there, there are some affirming pastors of some huge evangelical churches out mm-hmm. there, some of whom have been in the news and on social media lately about things they're doing. I can say that now. Rick Warren, Andy Stanley. Um, but, and others, others who are just, who have said privately, we're terrified to go public with our affirmation because of the impact it will have on our church. We know one pastor who lost 75% of his congregation when he became uh, affirming. Now, sometimes my advice is if you can, if you know that's coming and you can shore yourself up and gear up to that, I think it'll rebuild even stronger and better over time, but that's hard. It's a business. And most of the energy in a business goes towards recruitment and retention. Wow. And that change or the change that would be required in these areas we've just talked about, the change to be required to even bring about a small difference, right? like being affirming, although that's not small, but it's too big a threat. It's too big a price to pay yeah. for this business. Yeah. They won't do it. And if they don't see the ROI, the return on investment, then it, why should they do it? Honestly, that's what a business yeah. does. Well, you know, how many baptisms have we had this month? How many salvations did we get this month? Right. How many? It's numbers. Right. It's numbers. It is numbers. Um, And we talked about this last week when we brought up those Super Bowl ads, that that there's a big effort going on now by this church that's not really having a huge impact to try to rebrand itself. As as, hip and relevant. Right. Well, that's exactly right. And it's it's not working because we see the hypocrisy in that. They can't fix themselves. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you're... If you're scrolling and you see this article or that, or this thing or that thing, and then you see one and it says ad or it says sponsored, you go right over it, don't you? Mm-hmm. Because you know they have a vested interest. I just click buy now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other way to approach it. That's the them. other way to go. But you, you, you step over them because you know they are trying to sell you something. Whereas the other things are, you know, Whatever. is different things. So- uh, it's the same thing here. Yeah. They're trying to sell you. Always say, what are they trying to sell me? They're trying to sell you dysfunction, that you're broken and wounded and maybe almost re- beyond repair unless you follow their explicit directions. Which makes you um, completely dependent on them. Makes you dependent on them. That's, they can't graduate retention. I mean, you're there 35 years and you're hearing the same stories. When yeah. do they say, you know yeah. what? You've graduated. Well, the recruitment—that's yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. The recruitment part of it is that you're broken and you need a savior. Again, we talked about this before. Right. In order to convince you that you need uh, that you need salvation, they have to convince you that you need that you need saved. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Or that you, there is a salvation enough to convince you that you need saved, that you're broken. Yeah. And the retention part is that this is the, this is everything for you. Don't, don't even step foot outside the box. Those are where the heretics and the devil worshipers are. And that's, don't do that. So it's all about recruitment and retention. Yeah. And one more thing is uh, my, uh, our child asked us years ago, um, talked about is, is, the church, even a biblical construct. Hmm. Um, and and it's not what they had in the New Testament, which is supposedly where we base our church from, is they had home groups. They met in homes and gathered and shared meals together and songs and, and encouraging words. That's what they did. And... Um, and occasionally, like a for huge celebrations, they'd and have things. a huge celebration once a year or something. I mean, like very occasional. But this church structure that we have, that was not even part of it. Right. But that's a really good. Came in about the three hundreds, I think, with well, Constantine era. In order to control and manipulate yeah. and profit from, yes, and build empires and power from. Yes, you can't do that from a bunch of people meeting occasionally at, at Starbucks, right? Or or know, weekly, or, but or at it, our home. in people's homes, there's yeah. no there's no building to pay yeah. for. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Okay. So, and then finally, it's just at its core, it's just completely the wrong system. <laughs> it's just the wrong. It's it's teaching and lecturing versus open discussion. Yeah. There's no time, no effort to really heal the trauma, a lot of which comes from within. Right. It promises family and community, but provides dysfunctional family and community. Dang. It sings about unconditional love, but teaches conditional love. It promotes politics over individuals, especially over the least of these. Yeah, the vulnerable. Yeah. So... Why can't why Damn. why can't why can't we just fix it? Why can't we just fix it? Why can't we just fix it? Yeah. Again, Again. the church is a business. We've and that's that's a big reason we're not the ones in power there. But Jim Palmer wrote something. Do you have that? Oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's really good. That. I, I yeah. love this. Yeah. Okay, this is just great. There are eight billion people on the planet, and about two point five billion of them are Christians. Christians claim to have the only true God connection and view themselves as the only qualified ones called to minister the truth to save humankind. They believe that privilege is theirs because they're the Bible experts. There are 41,000 different Christian denominations around the world and close to 450,000 international missionaries mobilized abroad. The Roman Catholic Church is considered to be the largest financial power on earth. Wow. Evangelical Christianity isn't doing too shabby either. A top Christian televangelist lives in a $10 million home with a private jet. Another drives a $350,000 Bentley. And a recent megachurch teacher was hired for $22 million a year. Another mega pastor has a net worth of $760 million. No, that's not a typo. An annual salary of 22 mil and a net worth of 760 mil. One mega church meets in a sports stadium, draws close to 50,000 people for a worship service, and has an annual budget that exceeds $90 million. Speaking of budgets, 
82% of the average church budget is used to cover the expense of buildings and salaries. Considering the number of people, buildings, and dollars, Christendom is quite an impressive empire on planet Earth. Yeah, now let me stop for just a second, interrupt you for just a second. Again, the point of this is it's a business. It's It's a business. business. So Jim continues. But for what? What has this shiny, lucrative Christian empire actually accomplished? What do we have to show for it? We haven't made even a dent in the suffering that plagues humankind and our planet. But I'll give you this one thing. You sure have to admire the sheer size of this discordant monstrosity. However, Jesus, as a homeless man with a handful of confused followers and no budget, had more of a revolutionary impact in three years than the entire Christian church has in three centuries. Wow. Wow. Jesus was a revolutionary. Christendom is a business. Following Jesus once meant speaking truth to power. Modern Christianity is budgets, buildings, and bank accounts. Jim Palmer. Thank you, Jim Palmer, for that. And those who could could change are vested in the current process and the structure. Yeah, let's I mean say that again. Yeah. Say that again. Just those who could change, those who are in the position to change, to make a change, are vested in the current process and structure. Change is difficult, especially when to protect the system, words like heretic and apostate are thrown around of the devil, don't associate with them, etc. Fear. Fear. What if I'm wrong? We've been asked many times, what if I'm wrong? And church has taught this to maintain control. So (laughs) we don't believe the change can happen from the inside. Right. Now, this is not about burning it all down. This is not an angry protest. It's about love and care and community. But maybe some things need to die before they can have new life. Yeah. A, a reformation. A reformation. And that's likely outside of the sanctuary walls. That's Almost just certainly. That's where all reformations come from is outside the problem itself. You cannot fix the, the current problem from the mindset that created the problem. Yeah. So, and more fellow journeyers and less religious leaders. Yeah, that's, this is what we need. We need more, more fellow journeyers and less religious leaders. Yeah, I, I said every heretic, it all starts outside the problem. You can't create from the problem itself yeah. that right after all that. Okay, so here's what we need. We need more fellow journeyers and less religious leaders. More discussion and less teaching. Mm-hmm. Less building of organizations and more building of lives. Time and focus on healing hearts. Theologies will be open and evolving and insights will come from many sources. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That's, yes. Uh, Beloved, you know, this is not about rebuilding the church or rebuilding religion. This is about freeing, and that's the just, this is important because when you're deconstructing, you're going to get a lot of things thrown at you. And I just want you to know that this is not about rebuilding the church that has caused so much harm or rebuilding a stifling patriarchal religion. It's not about that. (laughs) (laughs) This is new patriarchal men in charge. This is about freeing our hearts to have a deep spiritual experience, whatever that means to you, that there is something more beyond what we can see. 
I believe our hearts and our souls know this, and it has been so pushed down, so discouraged by this broken religious system. We've said this before. We may say it every time. We all need to hear it. Beloved, you are all good. You are not broken. You are loved as you are for who you are. As we open the boxes we have got in, all heaven breaks loose. That freedom, that life, that joy is what you deserve. We love you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner. And you can find out more about her at heystsinner.org. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.